podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Rival Recon here on Anfield Index Pro. I'm Harry Sethi. With the international break having drawn to a close, with the number of Reds having starred for their countries over the past two weeks, our attention now turns back to the Premier League as Klopp's side head to the Etihad to take on league leaders Manchester City this Saturday. Once again, in the early kickoff, much of the frustration of both managers. With the Reds having left the international break following an impressive 3-0 win over Brentford at Anfield that left them just one point shy of City at the top of the league, Liverpool fans everywhere will be hoping their side can put in a strong showing this weekend to establish themselves further as title challengers this season and to erase the memories of last season's poor showing up in Manchester. Joining me on the pod this week to share his insight into what ended up being a historic season for City last time round and what, and what is expecting that's made of Pep's side this season, I'm delighted to welcome back content editor for One Football and a regular of the Blue Moon podcast, Dan Burke. Welcome back, Dan. Good to good to speak with you again. Hi, Harry. Always a pleasure to be here. Yeah, yeah. Always starts off nice and uh, nice and friendly on this City <laughs> Liverpool discussion that we end up having. Um, and it's uh, but yeah, really appreciate you coming on. And it's uh, interesting to get obviously more insight into. Uh, this project that just goes from strength to strength to strength, obviously, in terms of sort of the success that we've seen. And before we get into this season and how things are unfolded, I remember I was speaking ahead of both games last season. And it sort of felt slightly strange because I think we were no doubting of the strength of this Man City side. But I think you'd perhaps talked a little bit about, uh, a little bit about how... It didn't necessarily remind you of sort of the the greatest incarnation of Man City that you'd seen under uh, sort of a variety of managers over the past few years. In the end, it probably be, will be remembered as one of the greatest Man City sides, given sort mm. of the the way in which the season ended in terms of obviously winning the Premier League, uh, winning the FA Cup, quarterfinals, the EFL. Um, obviously, lost out on the Community Shield. I'm sure everybody was gutted uh, <laughs> by that at the end of the season, uh, and Champions League finally getting over that uh that hurdle in europe and 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 winning the big one um fraudiola no more etc 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 online um so uh, yeah and i think uh, during that period as well i think was it in all competitions erling Haaland happened to score 52 goals i think that's right yeah not too bad i think i think people would say so yeah just to get your opinion i mean i suppose a pretty satisfied end to the season yeah, absolutely, absolutely wonderful. I mean, it was um, it was a strange season in many respects. Obviously, with with the World Cup in the middle of it, it felt it felt like two sort yeah. of separate seasons almost. And and the first half of that season, 
City grew into this into the season quite well. They were they were performing well. Haaland adapted really quickly, which was um, a little bit of a surprise. Although there were there were sort of times in that post World Cup time when I remember I think Jamie Carragher, for example, saying that like, oh, has Haaland made the right choice here? Is this is this the right fit for him? This club, this this style of football, because there were times when it looked a little bit uh, disjointed, and he hadn't sort of adapted perfectly well to the style of football that City played and City had been so successful with that sort of false nine in previous seasons it was a bit like oh we took a bit, bit of time to adapt to having this um, this number nine at the same time he still kept chipping in with the goals so it, it wasn't a huge issue really but coming back after the World Cup there was um, there was a, a point where we were in really poor form actually um, around the time uh, we got knocked out of the Carabao Cup by Nathan Jones's Southampton he's the, the man who stopped the quadruple as uh, a lot of people I've sort of said in, in retrospect uh, that's probably hit the, the only mark he'll leave on the Premier League and um, yeah we lost uh, we lost away at United around that time as well and you know sort of around I would say sort of late January February time we were quite crap and it was like it, it was a lot of people were talking about a transition season. Uh, you know, it's going to be better next year. We're just going to have to get used to playing with Harland, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then City did what they uh, what they tend to do. Mm-hmm. And I think the the Liverpool win actually um, sort of kickstarted that a little bit uh, after that that March yeah. international break. Um, just went on one of those epic runs that we're we're, we're quite accustomed to seeing City doing. Um, managed to overhaul Arsenal in the in the title race. I think they buckled under the pressure. Um, ultimately, the City put on them, and then. The Champions League was um, the best we, that we've ever played in that competition. Um, you know, we, we got Real Madrid in the in the semi final, of course, and um, after a solid sort of first leg draw at the Bernabeu, absolutely wiped the floor with them at, at home. It was really satisfying after the the heartbreak of them knocking us out the previous season. Mm. Uh, get to the final, and you know, going into the final, um, I think a lot of City fans were confident uh, coming up against Inter. As it turned out. It wasn't quite as straightforward a final as uh, as a lot of people thought it might be, um, as finals often aren't. They never and, are. Uh, yeah, exactly. But you know, we got over the line. It was a, it was a huge relief. I was in Istanbul. It was just a fantastic uh, oh, yeah, occasion yeah. for City fans being in the city, and you know, it, it was a bit of pinch yourself stuff, really. The sort of journey we've been on as a fan base, and no one's under any illusions about how we got here. You know, don't worry about that. It's uh, it's amazing <laughs> what you can achieve with uh, hopes, dreams, and a billion quid, isn't it? But you know, it's. For the fan base, it was just a fantastic thing to, to yeah. see us lift that trophy finally, get that monkey off our back. It was a, it was a relief as much of uh, as much a celebration. Beat United in the FA Cup final, you know, I don't think we'll ever have a better week as as fans than that. <laughs> uh, winning the winning the Premier League title, beat United in the FA Cup final, scoring after 12 seconds against them, of course, that uh, wonderful Gundogan goal and. Um, yeah, what can you say? It was just a wonderful, a wonderful season for us. The like that we'll uh, we'll probably never see again. And if that's the case, then you know I'm happy with that. And I'm sure you guys as Liverpool fans have have, have had similar seasons like that. And you know it's uh, it, it lives long in the memory, and you're just very happy for a long time afterwards. And if it never gets better than that, I'll be happy with uh, with what I saw last season. I think I'm, I'm very satisfied. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I do remember I was discussing the team, like I mentioned at sort of various points, and yeah, you didn't get the impression this was sort of the full throttle. But then in the end, I mean, sort of the the performance level, like you mentioned, I think if we just touch upon the on the Premier League, I mean, I think so much was made last season. I remember obviously Liverpool declined last season. I think it was pretty obvious that they, they needed to sort of regroup, rebuild. And uh, all of a sudden, I think the, some of the assumptions about how, how how many legs that midfield had um, were quickly uh, put to bed, really. So I think it's, it's 
it's visible this season, right? With having mm-hmm. overhauled that area, still probably needing a, a, a Rodri type, obviously, but um, things yeah. miraculously look better. But like, Arsenal, of course, filled that vacuum as, as sort of the challengers um, to try and put pressure uh, on on City when it came to a title challenge. I think we discussed it at the time. I mean, in my opinion, whilst trying to be respectful to all, all the Arsenal fans I know, and I, I, I grew up in North London, so I know a lot of them, mm. um, they never liked it when they had sort of conversations with me yeah. or any, any of the Liverpool fans, I suppose, in the group, because I was never convinced at all, to be honest. I, I, I really felt the excellent side, ahead uh, of schedule, making good progress, but... Uh, hadn't seen them really cope with that pressure that I think you you were talking about there. City have you know, more than proven their credentials of being able to go on those those long runs when they most need to, uh, when the pressure's really ratcheted, uh, ratcheted up, the, the ability to pull out those results. Um, I think what you saw with Arsenal was um, a fantastic start and you know, getting ahead as, uh, for as long as they could. And then, yeah, obviously when that pressure ratcheted up, things uh, came back down, down to reality a little bit I suppose and I, I want to ask you about that I mean did you w- w- was there a point in the season where you were ever sort of I mean it's easy to say now in hindsight I suppose but were you w- did you got the impression that you were ever sort of really concerned about them as as title challenges yeah definitely I mean I, I've got some uh, Arsenal fans that I work with as well and they, they were a bit like your mates you know very much like don't jinx it let's not talk about this you know of course, yeah yeah, yeah I, I, as you would be in, in that position I think and and lo and behold it you know their worst fears sort of came to pass in the end and uh you know I did I did feel a little bit sorry for them really but it's um there was a point where it just felt like we were up against kind of the the Liverpool teams that we've we've gone toe-to-toe with uh in titles in the past where they were sort of like you know obviously great sides but like they were just the enthusiasm and the the love and the sort of the dream was powering them if you like yeah. and they were getting they were getting you know that one I remember they came from two 0 down to beat Bournemouth and uh, that re, the Reese Nelson late goal I remember yeah, watching there were that quite going. a few of those results actually for yeah them. exactly I remember watching that going they're going to win this league they're going to keep doing stuff like that and it, and I think ultimately they didn't have the kind of minerals that the Liverpool teams that we've come up against uh, in recent years had and 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 they fell at the sort of final hurdle I think that that game that we played the the midweek game against them towards the end of the season when we beat them 4-1 I mean as a sort of title decider you're probably not going to see a a more one-sided game ever again than that one I think it was it was sort of men against boys that night I think and you know I think Arsenal have Rob Holden in defence that night it just sort of shows you I think maybe if Saliba hadn't got that injury maybe that might it might be a different story for them yeah potentially yeah maybe this year they'll be a bit better equipped when it comes to the business end of the season if they're Mm -hmm if they're still in the conversation at that point, which uh, I think they will be, but, you know, I think Arteta's a good manager. I think they've got some, some good players there. I think, you know, they're, they're still lacking a bit of uh, cutting edge in front of goal. You know, we saw Gabriel Jesus, bless him, during his time with us, really good footballer, uh, really good sort of foil for, for a, a central striker, but not a prolific goal scorer. I think they're still lacking that a little bit. I think, Adding Declan Rice for some injury problems as well. Exactly, as well. yeah, yeah. Adding Declan Rice to the midfield, I think was a very good signing, um, and and we'll we'll add a bit of a bit of steel to them there. But I'm still not sure if I'm that worried about them this season or not. I think it's perhaps a little bit too early to say, really. But based on what we saw last season, I don't know if um, if I'm convinced about Arsenal's mentality to to overhaul City really. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, this is obviously going to go out to a predominantly Liverpool supporting audience, so I'm sure people like will agree with me or whatever. But I, I, I don't mean to be disrespectful to them at all. And and if I if I had seen it and actually sensed it, I mean, I, I know what you mean about those, those late wins, the spirit amongst the side, there's a real sort of camaraderie around that you can sort of that everyone's developing alongside each other, and that side of it made me think, okay, maybe you know, maybe they're just going to get this lead, and it's going to be insurmountable. And things go their way, but I was just, I was just, I needed to see, like you mentioned there, that ability to, I mean, it was, it was, it's crazy that it's necessary now, but 14, 15, 16 games in a row yeah. where you just win and you, and you, you, and you grind out the results uh, at the, t- at the point in the season when you know there is zero room for uh, a mistake. I think that's something so far we've only seen from, from City, certainly, and Liverpool during that patch over the past few seasons. So, yeah, remain to be convinced, but I think they've they've definitely improved even more since last season. So we'll see we'll see if they're up there. Um, I, I even think about that Liverpool game actually against uh, Arsenal, um, where they were they were two nil up, and to be honest, in the first yeah. half could easily have been three or four nil up. Uh, didn't take those chances, and then um, was it was it this, the Jacker challenge or something? I think something sparked some sort of like reaction. Mm. That's and, right. Yeah, the uh, crowd got yeah, on the back, didn't they? Anfield sort of yeah, fell yeah. apart, and I was like, okay, that's not a great sign. Um, but anyway, that's another Arsenal. Cause obviously, we're talking about City here, <laughs> and um, um, yeah, hopefully, I won't get too many complaints about that. But um, <laughs> the, uh, the, of course, the FA Cup and um, the Champions League, as you mentioned, um, it's never. I mean, I'm definitely very uh, satisfied to, to some extent to see uh, Real Madrid get what I feel they have deserved for many, <laughs> many, many seasons now. Uh, remarkable resilience. And yeah, uh, whilst I'm not thrilled that it was, it was City who mm. did it, I'm glad that someone did it because it needed to, <laughs> to happen uh, just to, uh, to write the sort of footballing karma. Um, as you mentioned, finals, never uh, simple affairs. I often think back to the to the Liverpool final against Tottenham, which everyone tells me was such an awful final that obviously no one cares about. Mm. Um, from a Liverpool side of things, you just have to get over the line. And I think that was a huge um, psychological probably boost for, for the group as well. And, and coming to the end of the season, yeah, it's always, there's always a discussion around you know, how a City going to try and Im- improve the side, how they're going to evolve it, like what areas need focus more than others. And this season, of course, we had the, the added factor of the um, the Saudi Pro League obviously getting up and running mm. and um, them becoming a threat when it came to sort of luring players away who perhaps you would have thought wouldn't have made that move or maybe wouldn't have made that move at that stage in their careers. But um, I wanted to ask you just around at the end of the season, where were the areas where you thought, okay, if we are going to sort of iterate on this side and like tinker around the edges to improve it, hugely successful side where were the the areas that you thought there needed to be investment and you know, obviously we've spoken about in previous pods like each window I mean, it seems like somebody who's a, a pivotal figure tends to depart and yeah. this time it was uh, uh, Gundogan I suppose Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must have fan threads? Well over at our Anfield Index shop we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise, 
and a license with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Yeah, that was um, he's a real big loss. You know, he was, he was the captain uh, last season just for the uh, that was his first and only season as captain. But he, uh, you know, lifted three trophies, so it'll uh, it'll go down as a memorable Good one record, for him, I'm yeah. sure. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, he, he was a, a huge leader in the dressing room and obviously a fantastic player who, you know, a, a bit of a clutch player as they call it. You know, he, uh, he he turned up in the big moments, scored some big goals like that one in the FA Cup final, and. It was really sad to see him go, but I think it was probably the right time as well. You know, he, he talks afterwards about how his dream since he was a little boy had been to play for Barcelona and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, he, leave, he leaves with everyone's be- best wishes in the perfect way. And, and everyone's, um, despite being sad to see him go, wishes him well. So, yeah, good luck to him. And um, I think the what the the remit for the transfer window was for City really was adding a little bit of depth and just replacing some players because it is a bit of a popular misconception that City have this massive squad that, you know, they can field two 11s and all that kind of thing. Like, obviously, we've spent an incredible amount of money on the squad that we do have, but it is quite tight and I think Guardiola likes it to be tight. I don't think he likes to have people sitting on the bench all the time, except uh, Calvin Phillips. He doesn't seem to mind uh, having him on the bench uh, all the time. But, you know, other players, he, he likes people to to get the game time, to to rotate and everyone to feel like they're part of it and not have a lot of sort of uh, players who just aren't really contributing an awful lot, I guess. So pretty much every player that left this summer was replaced and we didn't end up with many more bodies than we did last season. I think... Um, Josko Gvardiol was the replacement for Laporte, uh, who was another good player who just wasn't getting a look in last season and ended up in uh, in Saudi Arabia, of course. And yeah, Gvardiol's still 21, paid a lot of money for him. He looks like a, a good player and has played in a, a position that I didn't really expect him to play. You know, we, we've uh, one of the, the sort of innovations, if you like, of last season for, for City was this uh, basically playing four centre-backs across the back line and, and not bothering with full-backs. Um, Kyle Walker wasn't getting a game at times last season. You saw John Stone sort of played a right-back hybrid midfield role and, and we, we've built on that a little bit uh, this season, although Walker has come back into the team. You've seen Guardiol playing left-back a lot, even though he's technically a centre-back and um, that's quite interesting and the replacement for Gundogan was Matteo Kovacic, who I don't think he's quite as good a player as Gundogan, but I think he is a very tidy footballer, um, a very clever footballer. Hasn't been amazing for City so far, but I think in time he will um, he will prove to be a really good buy. Um, they brought Mateus Nunez in from Wolves, who um, again hasn't set the world alight just yet. I think he's quite a, quite an intelligent player. Maybe will need a little bit of time to adapt. Um, the one that's been a real surprise is, is Jeremy Doku, and I know Liverpool were linked with him a couple of years ago. I think Liverpool even mm. gave him a tour of uh, Melwood and all that kind of thing, and had him uh, um, looking around the around the stadium and stuff. It, it, it was quite close, and for whatever reason, didn't get over the line. And I think Liverpool's loss was um, very much City's gain gain there because he's been fantastic. He's he's a player that adds something that we didn't already have a, a direct, tricky, fast winger. You know, with we had Riyad Mahrez, uh, who also ended up in Saudi Arabia, um, who, who who was really good for us, but was that kind of, you know, player inverted winger, if you like, would like to check back in onto his stronger foot, slow the game down, help us control the game a little bit more. Um, Jack Grealish on the other side would do the same sort of job. Foden would sometimes play in the wing, sometimes play in the middle. We didn't really have someone who could beat a man who could sort of 
put the fear of God up fullbacks. And um, now we've got that with Doku and he's been really impressive. You know, he's only 21 as well, paid quite a bit yeah. of money for him, 60 odd million, I think it was, but he, he reminds like a real... Of, um, sorry, it reminds me of the, like, I, mean, I think the last time you'd had a threat like that, in my opinion, was, uh, was probably Sane, wasn't it? Probably, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a little bit similar to Sterling as well, you might say. Um, yes, of course. Yeah, and uh, but you know, his, his his goal output has been good so far. Is he, he's really it's a, it's a bit of a thing with City mid, City wingers. Off, often that it takes a season, uh, maybe a season and a half for them to sort of adapt and bed in a little bit. We saw that with Jack Grealish, you know, this time last year, there were still big question marks about Jack Grealish and people were saying, is he ever going to sort of understand mm. his role? Have we, have we ruined him? Have we, have we taken the, uh, the spark out of him that he had at Aston Villa? And I think in the second half of the season, in particular, he really did so, sort of start to understand his role and, um, still isn't contributing as many goals and assists as we would like. And he would like, but, um, th- his role in the team is really important, but, yeah, it's nice to have the option of someone who can hold on to the ball like he does, keep keep play ticking over, and someone like Doku who you can just kind of throw in, a bit of a wild card. Don't really know what you're going to get from him, but probably going to uh, you know terrorise defences, really. So I think it was a good transfer window. I don't think we saw anything massive like you know we saw with Haaland coming in last season, but I think um, we've, got a, we've got a good squad. And uh, yeah, I think... The, the, one of the big things as well was keeping hold of Bernardo Silva. How nobody has come in for that guy in the past couple of years, I do not know, because mm. I think he's available every summer at a pretty reasonable price. He's he's made so no secret of of his desire to uh, leave Manchester and live somewhere where the weather's a bit nicer. <laughs> and and who can blame him really? And yet Barcelona, for whatever reason, haven't put the money where the mouth is. Real Madrid as well. Maybe next summer will be the one at the time that we finally say goodbye to him, and, and he'll be a really sad loss, but. The longer he stays at City, the better, because he's fantastic. Yeah, and no, I'm furious that he's uh, still there. I mean, <laughs> every single summer, I, he, he teases people with leaving the league. Um, and um, I mean, yeah, I completely agree. I think he's been a huge player for for City, and perhaps not in the way in which people thought he was going to be when he first arrived. In terms of sort of the the work rate that he puts in at times for for this side, and sort of the now a senior figure that he's, I suppose mm-hmm. he's become within within the group. So. Yeah, uh, Barca. Yeah, <laughs> if anyone's listening, I mean, like, make the offer. You know, <laughs> have a look, have a word. Because yeah, I think uh, as you said, Gundogan, such an influential, transformative, um, or, like sort of leader for City. I think, and not in a way in which I thought he was going to be. I think when he first arrived and struggled mm-hmm. a little bit with injuries, uh, I think he's yeah, obviously a wonderful player. Um, the, the other player I wanted to talk about who did depart was uh, was Cole Palmer. Didn't go mm. as far afoot um, in terms of sort of going to the Saudi Pro League. Uh, went to uh, Chelsea, obviously, 21 years of age. So different from you know, the likes of Mares and Laporte, who come to a different stage of their career, Gundogan as well. So interesting to see him him make that move. Um, from everything I've read, it seems like this is this is a young player who has a lot of confidence in his own ability. Uh, you, you think you would need to to, have, you know, to sort of make that move. And um, came a little bit out of the blue. I think he'd, uh, am I right in thinking that he'd recently signed a new a new deal with the club? Um, maybe a sort of year or... Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Um, just wanted your opinion on, on Cole Palmer. I mean, I... I, I I won't claim to have seen just how much opportunity and how many opportunities he got in terms of get, getting into the first team, uh, which is obviously a very difficult thing to do for a young player. But mm. were you surprised that that move came about in the end, given sort of the, he was clearly very highly rated? 
I was, yeah. I mean, I wasn't that surprised that City let him go. I was kind of surprised that Chelsea came in and, and spent so much money on him. And I think you right. look at the way he's been performing for them since then, it actually looks like maybe they've got a bit of a steal there. And maybe um, that's probably one of the best bits of transfer business Chelsea have, Chelsea have done recently. But with him, his kind of breakout season, if you like, was the um, season before last, 2021-22. Um, played in the FA Cup and uh, League Cup and Champions League a little bit. Chipped in with a few goals and... I think last summer everyone expected him to be the next kind of Phil Foden to kick on really and and really sort of cement a place in the first team and, and get loads of minutes and it just didn't really happen for whatever reason. I think he's a better suited to playing in the middle, um, very gifted play with his left foot. Um, he's better suited to either playing in the middle or on the right, cutting into his left kick cutting onto his left foot and often when we saw him last season he would play he would play out left which you think as a, a left footed player would suit him well but he's not the quickest he's more of a sort of tricky player diminutive kind of player and um he, he, he just didn't really suit him so well so wh- whenever he played on the left he didn't really make the impact that um, he would like and I think sometimes he seemed a little bit eager to impress as well he would like not pass the ball to his teammates in the way that you know Pep probably wants his players to he'd hold on to it a little bit long go for goal at times where maybe there'd be a better option you know he seems a bit desperate to score at times and as you can understand with a young player desperate to kind of make an impression really and, and make a name for themselves and this summer comes around, start of this season, he scored in the Community Shield against Arsenal, he scored in the UEFA Super Cup against Sevilla, and with Mahrez leaving, by all accounts, I think Pep said recently that he said to him, look, you're going to play more this season, there's a space for you in the squad, Mahrez has left, and he was like, it's not enough for me, I want to play every week, I want to play week in, week out, I feel like I'm ready to make that step up. Chelsea came in for him, like I say, 40, 45 million, I think it was. It's a lot of money for a player who's not really made made the grade in the first team at a Premier League club yet. But if it turns out that he uh, he goes on to be the player that he looks like he could be, then as I say, it could be a it could could be looked back on as a real bargain. That and uh, it's just one of those situations really where it's kind of it made sense for City to sell in. They couldn't really say no to that kind of money. It made sense for him to go there. He's so far made a real impact at Chelsea. Um, he's not scored a goal from open play yet, I don't believe, but he's he scored from the penalty spot and he was excellent in that 4-4 draw against City. You know, had had our defenders on toast at times, really, really um, was really, really fearsome with the ball and took the penalty really coolly at the end as well. So, yeah, good luck to him. Good player. Good team in the, in the England squad as well. And um, it's a shame that City had to had to let him go or shame that he felt that he needed to move on but it's just one of those situations where when you've got so many good players like City have something has to give at times and um, it was a case of yeah he's gone and I think it's working out well for, for all parties at the moment yeah, it's interesting to see a young player sort of make that leap and have that confidence in the in themselves to make the impact. I mean, it's still early days, as you say, but I think one thing that's stood out, and it's kind of strange that it's it stood out, but I mean, Chelsea have been a bit of a rabble at points um, this season and often a bit of a chaotic. I mean, well, it's, it's nearly always a very chaotic watch, uh, to be honest. Uh, and he, as a 21-year-old, has has shown some of the uh, some of the greatest composure of anybody in yeah. the side, which is quite remarkable. I think certainly in that 4-4 as well, you say, oh, oh, this is somebody who can get his foot on the ball, uh, assess that the game doesn't have to go 120 miles an hour constantly, and, uh, you know, just, like, retain possession, <laughs> which is, yeah. I'm sure is all, all this stuff has been ingrained into him, uh, pro- I, I assume, from coming up through the um, the the City Academy and sort of his, his influence in the first team. But, yeah, it's just been interesting to see 
there's clearly been an education there uh, for mm. this guy and it stands yeah. out quite a lot when you compare it with a lot of talent in that Chelsea side that, that no doubt but a lot of raw talent he looks like he's a little bit more polished which is surprising because considering he's only just 21 right but um yeah uh moving on from sort of transfers and then you, you sort of you talked about the areas where I think you needed to maybe reinforce and so I wanted to ask you really what your thoughts have been on um, how the season has unfolded so far. Uh, people often suggest that City you know, may start Premier League seasons a little bit slower in terms of you know, still picking up the wins and the results, which is incredibly important, but um, maybe not you know, purring in terms of sort of their um, their their best form that we tend to see at the business end of the season doesn't stop uh, City from sort of like, you know, have huge score lines on occasion as well five ones six ones here and there. Uh, I wanted to ask you what what have you made of uh, City's start to this campaign and have, have there been any players in particular who stood out? I know you mentioned Doku. Yeah, I think we've um, we've not been amazing so far to be honest, which is um, a bit of a weird thing to say when you're top of the table and it suggests that better is to come for City, which is it, which is encouraging for us. I think as fans, we're, we're in this, I can only speak for myself really, but I know that a lot of people feel the same way. We're in this kind of weird place, but a quite a nice place this season actually, where after everything we achieved last season, anything that we do this year is kind of a bonus and it kind of feels like the pressure's off a little bit. It kind of feels like if we don't win anything, it's mm. like, well, we won everything last season. So like we're allowed a year off, you know, we, 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 we can't be expected to just relentlessly win everything. Although I was we might, say, you know, like it's, well, it's, I mean, that, that mentality amongst the fans, which I, I can fully, I can fully understand. But I, I imagine if you're a coach, you're, you're trying to stop that mentality from seeping into the players, right? But it's I would imagine so. Only yeah. natural that, that that they must be thinking. I mean, we, we've done it. We, we achieved everything we were supposed to achieve. To, to to get that same level of hunger and desire. I remember watching it with the Liverpool teams. Um, I think probably a little bit down to like not getting the recruitment absolutely right at the right times but you can see it is sort of hard to get that that same level of hunger and desire back up yeah you sort of need to have some uh some losses some setbacks to then like light that fire again it's do you think you've noticed that at all amongst the players not really to be honest no i think i think in terms of the, the manager and the players they're still very much the fire is in their bellies they want to go mm. and do it all again and and uh, you know, if if there has been any kind of drop off this season, it's maybe a little bit of fatigue. But yeah, you know, I think I think the squad was sort of sufficient, sufficiently freshened up over the summer that everyone's kind of on the toes and everyone's everyone seems to have the enthusiasm. But yeah, f- for the fans, it just it's just a little bit of like we're just kind of enjoying things. You know, that four four draw with Chelsea. You know, you might in in previous seasons you, you squander a lead in the last minute to a you know silly penalty and end up drawing a game that you should have won. And you, you sort of sparing but this one it was just a bit like oh that was a good a good afternoon of uh Barclays you know it was good fun you know and and, <laughs> and we're still top of the league and you know we've got Liverpool coming up next so oh, that should be a good game as well it's that kind of that kind of feeling towards um things which is um uh, which is nice to have because you know it can be a uh, football could be could be horrible at times when you know you feel like every every point matters and, and you're really stressing out over stuff and it's you often don't enjoy the journey you just sort of enjoy looking back at it don't you and the results that we where we have dropped points this season, you know, Wolves away was a was a poor performance and probably the only one where I think was a, a real sort of disappointing display. Um, I would say that the Arsenal away defeat wasn't we didn't play particularly well, but it was a bit of a a war of attrition and and, and should have been a nil nil draw. I think it was a bit of a, a lucky deflected goal that they got. Um, quite annoying, but you know, not the end of the world really. And I think we're 
as as fans, especially under under Guardiola, we're sort of in this mode now where kind of what happens in the first half of the season doesn't really matter that much as long as as long as we're in touching distance with the top of the table after Christmas, heading into sort of February March time. We know that we've got the ability to put a run together and, and go in and, and win stuff and and that's kind of the situation after that Chelsea game as well. It's a bit like, like I say, you know, we're top of the league we, we, only by a point. Maybe Liverpool beat us in a, after the international break and then we, um, we're um we chasing Liverpool at that point. But I would still fancy us to, to give you a good run for your money and, and, and stay in touch with you. You know, we've got a Tottenham game coming up as well, which is going to be quite interesting. And um, yeah, I think it's just, we're, we're sort of... I'm never really sure where I'm at with the gears metaphor because I don't really drive, but um, (laughs) I I think we're in second gear at the moment. And I think if we can sort of get into third, fourth, head into Christmas, hit fifth gear after Christmas, and then, you know, trophies may follow. That's kind of where it is at the moment. The performances are kind of 85% there, I would say. There's there's a little bit of of way to go in terms of just the intensity and things like that. And, you know the Champions League uh, group stages. I think always can be a little bit of uh, energy sapping and stuff like that. You know, playing games every three days. Once we get that out of the way, we'll have a little bit more of a of a clear run of the league as well. And we've got the Club World Cup coming up in December as well, which will be um, hmm. a bit of a distraction, but a nice thing to be in for the first time as well. I think a lot of fans are looking forward to that. I know a few people who are going over to uh, Riyadh or Jeddah or where, wherever it is in Saudi Arabia for the game. So. Yeah, it's just uh, like I say, it's, it, it's just very calm and chilled and enjoyable at the moment. It's um, one of the most sort of enjoyable periods of supporting City I think I've ever had. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable, there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter, at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, no, it's, I think, uh, it does sound nice. It does sound very nice, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's um, and it does sound familiar, actually, as well. There, there yeah. have been those phases for, for Liverpool. Um, and certainly, I think... You mentioned there, like being able to come away from a four-four like game like that we saw against Chelsea and not be too phased by, it, not be too bothered because that muscle memory that we discussed um, yeah. that sort of leads you to believe, okay, so, you know, City can win this title. They've proven that before. Uh, Liverpool can like well compete for the title. They've, they've won it once and come close a couple of times as well. They've got uh, there's players still on our squad right who have that muscle memory. Uh, the coach as well. Um, and just, just waiting to see which other sides you know, like establish that really as well. So, I mean, wh- have there been particular games this season that you'd point to where you can see any noticeable tweaks from from Pep in terms of sort of how this how this team is lining up, how different players are having more uh, of a focal role within the side? I mean, like, uh, have there been any sort of sizable tweaks I suppose when a side wins everything like that yeah you get new players in to ensure that the competition's there but 
yeah. the actual formula, the way in which the side's playing. Have there been any noticeable changes there? Nothing massive, no. Um, it's you know, there's, there's usually sort of a theme to every Guardiola season. It, it, it seems to be, and, and yeah, a, a, bit, yeah. a big part of the success of the second half of last season was the, the thing I mentioned earlier about having the four centre backs and and mm. having John Stones stepping into midfield was absolutely imperative, uh, essential to, to our form, to our our upturning form in that second half of the season. I mean, John Stones. I don't know what you think about it, but I think he's one of the best players in the world. I think he's very underrated, and I think you know. Any any sort of young kids watching, which is a bit of a cliche, I know, but watch his performance <laughs> in the Champions League final because he was absolutely unreal that night. I think you know, mm. for for a centre back, that the, the the confidence, the calmness, the intelligence that he has on the ball, the technique is just phenomenal. And we've barely been able to call upon him this season. I think he played in the first game of the season, got injured for a bit, came back. Now he's injured again, which is really yeah. frustrating for him and for us. And he's really key to sitting and getting him back as soon as possible and getting him playing that role is, is really important because it, it, it helps us control games, which is a big thing that Guardiola is, it's probably his number one sort of principle of, uh, of the city team at the moment is control, control. We want to dominate possession, sure. pass, 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 pass people to death, win one nil. That's fine. We're happy with that. You know, if we can win six nil even better, but um, hmm. without, without stones, we don't quite have that same level of c- control. And, you know, I think, uh, the, the Rodri uh, absence was was a big factor in those um, those back to back defeats to Wolves and and cool. Arsenal and he's a fundamentally key player to us as well. You know, for me, he's the best defensive midfielder in the world and was obviously scored the winner in the Champions League final and, and has a penchant for scoring he's, big goals like that as well. Yeah, no, I was going to say it's all Gundo under parts, but yeah, Rodri's sort of established yeah. himself as that as that guy who will yeah. step up in those in those moments and I think. Um, the, the influence he has on that city side, I think it only sort of emphasizes just, you, know, you could see that sort of the sums of money that were being exchanged, the summer for people, for teams looking for a number six and Liverpool obviously yeah. didn't end up, didn't end up getting one really. I mean, obviously Watara Endo comes in from the Bundesliga and as uh, a solid professional, but I think in terms of someone, someone in the prime of their their career you saw the, the money that Caicedo went for and others and yeah uh, I think yeah it's no surprise to me that yeah when he wasn't there suddenly the side becomes a little bit more vulnerable um, yeah. to, to those transitions and if yeah exactly and if, if we were to lose him for a you know a period of time to injury or whatever we'd yeah. be We'd be screwed. I think it would be. I did notice he's uh, he, he picked up a little bit of a uh, a knock to me before the international break. Apparently so. so yeah. To travel. That's uh, yeah. We've got Ferguson smirking somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got a few uh, injuries in inverted commas uh, yeah. around this international break. I think so. Uh, yeah, we'll see see how that uh, comes out in the wash. But um, yeah, you know the the Calvin Phillips signing last summer was uh, kind of like oh let's bring this guy in who you know Calvin Phillips is a very good footballer. His biggest problem at City is that he's not Rodri and he never will be. And he's never going to get a run of games unless Rodri, well, he, even if Rodri were to get injured, I'm not sure Pep really trusts Calvin Phillips, which is a bit of a shame um, and a bit unfair on on Phillips, I think. But when he has played, he just hasn't really looked capable of doing that role. You know, Rodri basically holds the whole midfield together by himself and allows the attacking players to just bomb on and flourish. And he'll just be like, I'll, I'll press, I'll stand back. Don't worry about it. I'll, I'll hold it all together and, Chipping with the odd goal as well, so that's a that's a little bit of a concern, I guess. But um, in terms of changes, yeah, we've not seen much. Foden is playing a little bit more central. Um, Grealish hasn't played as much as he probably thought he might have done with Doku coming in, adding that extra bit of competition. Um, I suppose the absence of uh, De Bruyne. 
Yeah, that has been a big thing. And and Julian Alvarez has, has done a pretty good job of filling that hole, to be fair. I mean, he, he is a striker um, on, pay, um, on paper, but completely midfield role very well as well. He's been, you know, an incredible signing. I think we spent about 20 million on him um, from River Plate. And, you know, last year he won the World Cup and the treble. So pretty decent year for, <laughs> for him all told. And uh, yeah, very, very clever footballer, very um, dynamic and good on the ball scores goals and you know can do a little bit of everything and that's another thing that you know we, we've got in our back pocket for the, the second half of the season hopefully De Bruyne comes back is fully fit and hits the ground running and, and does what does what he does and and, and that's a you know going to be a huge uh, weapon in our arsenal as, as it were um, and I think the other slightly surprising thing I guess would be Kyle Walker has re-emerged as a really key figure he's basically the captain um although they haven't really declared an official captain i think they've just said that he's uh sort of the captain in, in de bruyne's absence at least but he lost his place a little bit uh second half of last season got it back towards the end of the season due to injuries and then was flirting with Bayern munich all summer it looked like he was going to go <laughs> he eventually stayed and is 33 now and still you know really good really athletic and has, has nailed that right back spot down again and plays quite high up on the wing as well so I think it'll be interesting to see uh, how he does against uh, Liverpool uh, in, in in the next game as well because uh, that could be a very interesting battle Yeah he's another one to be honest I think probably sort of less heralded than uh, Bernardo Silva and Gundogan and even Sane mm. in the past who I was quite happy to see leave um, were, like, he's another <laughs> one actually I'd, I'd be quite happy to see uh, leave just purely because I think that, I mean not to diminish him as a footballer but the, the athletic ability he has is such a game it's, it's such a cheat code at times right his, his ability to mop up I think he's been incredibly useful for for Guardiola in that um in that instance and uh, looking at the table I mean look at it now obviously it's very early still um, just 12 games played and um, you look at the, the top five shall we say just to just to leave Man United mm. out of it because it's fun uh, <laughs> you can see uh, very very little separating the sides I mean I think Villa um, have been like terrific under Emery I think that they're, they're going a little bit below the radar I think uh, if, they, if they were to finish there for example around this um, around that position at the end of the season they'd be delighted but you know, mm. performing very strongly at home Tottenham had this fantastic start looks as though perhaps the 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 lack of depth and some of the wheels of it might be coming up well we'll see still performing uh performing very well 26 points arsenal 27 uh liverpool 27 as well just ahead on on goal difference and city 28 so it's 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 quite tightly compact at the moment no one's raced into an early uh early lead if you will in terms of getting getting away from the pack this this early on um just wanted your opinion on i guess as the um the league leaders uh, being used to having won this title so often in the past few seasons do you do you get the impression this time around that there is going to be uh, a number of challenges rather than what we saw last season where it was i suppose just arsenal um trying to fill that role i would say there's probably going to be at most a three-horse race for it. I wouldn't expect Tottenham to be sure. able to sustain it, even though they've basically got no other distractions except the league this sure. season. You know, they've got a couple of injuries now, haven't they, that have, you know, probably going to kill them a little bit. The the Van der Ven injury and um, uh, there's one or two others, I think. But yeah, it, I've been impressed with them so far. Um, I really like Ange Postacoglu, both as a, a person and as a coach. And, you know, I wish I wish them well, I guess. But um, yeah, I, I can't imagine them... Um, uh, sticking around really you know Villa I think 
finishing sort of top six would be a fantastic achievement for them. I wouldn't expect them to be in the title picture. Arsenal, bit of a strange one, you know, after what they did last season, you'd expect them to go again. And like we said, they, they strengthened pretty well over the summer, made some decent signings and, and you'd expect them to go. One of the things that I kind of thought going into the season that might hold Arsenal back has been a little bit too emotional. It's been sort of every game, you know, really mattering to them. And a little bit, like I said, with City earlier, we're just sort of like chilling at the moment a little bit. Like it's quite like, yeah, we're quite comfortable in our in our own skin and we know what we are and we know what we've done and we know what we can do. Whereas yeah. I think Arsenal, there's a bit of uncertainty about what they are. And, you know, you saw, I think that Arteta ran after the Newcastle mm. game the other week, like, Rightly or wrongly, and I think he had a point to be fair, but like that, that to me smacks of a manager who is a little bit worried and a little bit sort of suffering from maybe a little bit of an identity crisis himself. I think, you know, a lot of people compare him with Pep Guardiola and I think he's very eager to be his own man and has a lot of his own ideas and that's great and stuff like that. But I don't know if he, if he is a title winning manager in this current climate. And this I would agree. Season, really. Yeah, I think there's, there, there, there is there is a sense of, um, I think it's, I'm not sure insecurity is the right word about Arsenal, but I think that, that I think they're, they're very, de- they're desperate to prove themselves. Um, yeah, and exactly think, that, yeah. Until they do, I think that there's going to be this sort of lingering yeah like um imposter syndrome is not the right word either but yeah I, I think i think we i think the listeners know what we're trying to say right? yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, you don't need to celebrate every game like it's uh, like a a title decider when it's not in your 12 games into you know, it's, it's, it's it's very early right so exactly yeah, yeah um i think you're right to yeah to point out city's composure after 4-4 four, 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 yeah two. um sorry i think well, you, you're probably just about to get to liverpool i certainly was yeah and you know liverpool I would say quietly impressive so far you know there's not been an awful lot of drum banging around Anfield I don't think about the title I think you kind of are um, cautiously optimistic would be my guess about Mm. the way that you are shaping up at the moment and you know, you, you know what it's like to go toe-to-toe with this City team, and I think you, you would back yourselves to do that. Maybe you don't quite have the personnel. Maybe that midfield issue will hold you back, ultimately. Um, we'll see. But, you know, in terms of firepower, I think you've got it all. You know, Salah is in amazing form, isn't he? Um, yeah. You know, Malcolm. Nunez is a, is a wild card who, you know, can, can, can turn it on and that Shabbos Lai signing was a really annoying one for me personally because I've, I've been a big fan of him, you know, watching watch him in Germany for years and stuff. And I was like, fucking hell, when you got him, like, he's going to be really good for you. And and so, it, so it's proved so far. You know, Van Dijk looks like he's pretty much back to his best now. Trent is looking good. You know, you've, you've got the you've got all the ingredients, you know, the, the Luis Diaz situation being resolved. And, you know, he scored a couple of goals for Colombia during the international break as well. And, that's uh, obviously really nice uh, that, that that situation has been resolved and he can focus on his football now. And whether you have the squad depth and mm. the, I don't, I, well, I, I wouldn't expect the desire not to be there, but I don't know what, what you would sort of quantify it as the energy to go deep yeah. into, into a title race again. Um, maybe it depends on what sort of numbers City can post. If City is sort of looking at getting 90 odd points again, can Liverpool match that? It'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see how the two teams shape up when they play each other um, in a couple of weeks as well. But yeah, if I was to, and I'm not just saying this because I'm on a Liverpool podcast, but if I was to say that our main title rivals are anyone, I would say it's Liverpool this season personally. And I would expect Arsenal to be close behind, but um, not close enough. Yeah, I think. I mean, well, I think that that that's where I am. I think. I think we. I think Liverpool have the capacity to challenge. Um, I, I don't think this is. We talked about you know, sort of different incarnations of sides at the start in terms of the various versions of City we've seen, and of the various versions of Liverpool I've seen. 
Um, this one, yeah, as you mentioned, the firepower is pretty un, like, pretty hard to question. A number of different ways of hurting you, a number of different ways of of scoring um, individuals who can stand up and do it as well. And the, the spine is relatively intact, as you mentioned. You got Salah still posting those numbers. Mm. Uh, Trent, I think, still adapting to this new role, but not necessarily being as integral anymore, which is which is great, um, given Sobachlai and the others who've come in. Uh, and actually, definitely Van Dijk, I think he's pretty close to where he was. Um, mm. And Allison is the other one for me, who's just, um, without him, I don't think it would be manageable to... Um, you almost take that as red with Allison now, though, don't you? It's just, it like, it he's is. Always Everyone there, really. is yeah, not not in the FIFA top ten goalkeepers in the world. Yeah, clearly not, clearly not very good there, not in the Ballon d'Or team, and that's fine. If I, I'm happy, I'm happy holding on to this underrated uh, Brazilian number one. <laughs> um, like, is yeah, because I think he's just been remarkable i'd give him a lifetime contract if we if we could i think we extended it in the in the summer but um yeah i think my concern is probably as you said the depth i think depth's okay i just think that there is that 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 role that we talk about with rodri that's so integral for city um and how how influential that number six the, the more defensive minor player can be liverpool uh, obviously went for that player and, and and were unable to get the the right profile they wanted through the door so ended up I think buying a number of like pretty flexible number eights and at the moment McAllister's is doing a job there can tell he doesn't really want to be doing oh, yeah, a job I there about him, actually yeah it's another incredible yeah. signing yeah <laughs> And he's you know, an excellent footballer, you know, World, World Cup winner, like has a lot of qualities. But I think you can see that just that natural awareness of um, you know how to mop up, you know, how to how to how to sense danger, uh, like even on the turn, right? It's difficult to for him to catch up to some players if he does make a mistake. I think that's probably the missing piece for Liverpool in terms of getting that number six in. But yeah, I think I think the firepower. I think, I think you mentioned actually earlier in the pod. My view is just keep as close as possible mm. to this to this position for as long as possible, and then yeah, the, there's a few people on that side who've proven they can they can put a run together if if need be. So see see what happens. But yeah, I do yeah. think this is not the strongest. Yeah, it's 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 this is not as strong as the title winning. Uh, Liverpool side I think in terms of just a control and you mentioned that how important that is when it comes to to winning a title but yeah I don't need a VPN I've got nothing to hide <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with libertyshield.com not only is my home internet now fully encrypted but I can now access all the websites I want whenever I want and do so from absolutely anywhere As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, Mac boxes and games consoles. Visit LibertyShield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. It does I remember me. thinking that about Liverpool in 2021, though, actually. It's sort of 
Was it like yeah. January time you drew drew away at Chelsea? Kovacic scored a really good goal, yeah. and it was like, oh, that's it for Liverpool. Then they're not gonna they're not gonna come back from that, and you, you bloody did. So yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember. Yeah, it's just. Uh, I, I think. I think we were probably better actually the season before. We, we didn't even win the title. I think we, obviously where we lost by a point. I think that would probably the side performed even better. But yeah. And then there's yeah there's the weird incarnation that obviously fabled the fabled quadruple that no one wins because it's too hard to do that. Um, <laughs> uh, but that was a very you know, interesting side. And there's one player we've not mentioned at all actually who. I'd be delighted if we get 15, 20 games out of him this season. But Tiago Alcantara is obviously oh, yeah. the, um, the invisible man. Uh, not quite as as uh, influential as uh, De Bruyne has been for City. But I think if Liverpool were to get him back for an extended period, even if it was, the, let's say, the last 20 games of the season, that would be huge, absolutely huge yeah. for yeah. for Liverpool um, because he's, he's obviously such a wonderful player. But we'll have to see. Uh, I think at the moment it's front loaded and uh, <laughs> and Virgil and Ali just doing uh, <laughs> doing what they can back there I think Robertson's yeah. obviously injured as well which is oh, yeah, a, yeah. A, a miss but yeah I, I suppose I mean, this game early kickoff I wish it wasn't an early kickoff I wish it was mm. a bit later on and we, we, we sure were, Jürgen's thrilled about that isn't he yeah I mean we, we got like 14 we got a lot of them I'm not sure why know, we've yeah. got so many <laughs> of them it does I mean I, I, I don't have the tinfoil hat on at the best of times but um, yeah the, the numbers are quite interesting I think that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I just, I think from a spectacle point of view, that's the thing that like uh, uh, probably um, annoys me a little bit because I think, yeah, you, you've seen these early kickoffs can sometimes be not the intense affairs that those those late night kickoffs can be, right? Where you see yeah. that people have come back, they're fully rested, and there's a lot of South Americans in in both sides who yeah. are who are likely to be traveling. So yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens. But I mean, what? what the, the this game last season, I think for me, I think there were some fans going to that on the Liverpool side, thinking, oh yeah, we can still compete. And Salah does his you know, usual thing where he can yeah. score in any game. But I thought that really showed just all the all the frailties Liverpool had were heavily exposed that day. Um, I think there's a, a large gap between the sides. Uh, this game, I'm expecting it to be. To be different, more competitive, but uh, yeah, I mean, what what sort of uh, match are you um, uh, anticipating? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. I mean, we weren't good against Chelsea necessarily, uh, defended horribly, which is quite unlike City because that's usually something you can pretty much rely on. So if we uh, if we yeah. defend like that again, we might even concede even more than four goals, which would be um, a real problem for us against Liverpool. But um, I, it was on I, the I suspect- counter, wasn't it? Yeah, just looked a little bit more vulnerable than usual. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I, I would expect us to tighten up a little bit for the game and, and try not to give too much away. At the same time, with the home team, the impetus is on us to, to attack. And, you know, it's um, it's become, you know, a bit of a rivalry in recent years, hasn't it? Liverpool v City. So I think every, the fans yeah. are going to be up for it. It's going to be, um, you know, a good atmosphere at the stadium and there'll be a lot of encouragement to get forward and attack and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it could depend a little bit on uh, how many of these injuries that we've sort of got seen over the international break uh, whether people are making mirac- miraculous recoveries. I think even the Norway coach said that Erling Haaland uh, has got a bit of a muscular complaint, I think, uh, this midweek. So um, if he uh, if he isn't there, then that's obviously a pretty big loss. But actually not the uh, not the end of the world, I don't think, really. Haaland, you know, for the, the, the goal-scoring out- output that he has, um, still leaves me a little bit unimpressed sometimes, to be honest, mm. in terms of his overall sort of 
link up play and his his technique and his touch and stuff like that. He's you know he's a he's a great goal scorer, mm. but um, not a great footballer in in my humble opinion. I uh, was going to ask you actually about that Dan because I think it's it's a conversation that I think Liverpool fans have and other fans have at times, and maybe it's just like jealousy or whatever. But I think clearly a fantastic goal scorer. I mean, my impression of him has always been. That, yeah, maybe the, he's not he's not a you know he's not a Thiago Alcantara when it comes to sort of footballing ability or whatever. But he, he does his job of putting the ball in the back of the net. But I, maybe I've just missed it. I mean, maybe I've, I've chosen chosen to miss it. But I, he still, to me, it seems like a, a flat track bully in the way of sort sort of like <laughs> scores you know, scores a lot of goals against sides that you would expect City to beat, and scores goals in those big games. But they don't necessarily tend to be the game openers, if you will. Maybe I'm just forgetting, like conveniently forgetting. No, I think, I think that's fair. Um, I think, well, one of the things about Haaland, I, my theory is that Guardiola didn't really want him that much. Huh. Or at least, at least he wanted Harry Kane more. You know, the previous summer we, yeah. we had that whole saga with Harry Kane. That Much more complete player. Ended up with him. Exactly, yeah. The player who can drop deep, link up play, 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 play other teammates in and that kind of thing. Haaland's not like that. Haaland is very much a bit of a... Uh, a, a, a bit of an old-fashioned number nine as well, and you know, like I said, someone who is is basically there just to score goals and doesn't doesn't chip in with an awful lot else a lot of the time, which is great. And you know, he gets loads of chances for us and scored a ridiculous amount of goals last season. Has scored a pretty ridiculous amount of goals already this season, and you know, he misses like open nets at times and stuff like that, and misses some pretty glaring chances. And I think there might be a day coming soon where he starts scoring those chances as well. And he scores about eight goals in one game, you know, like I, it, I wouldn't put that past him at all. I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely not joking about that, but yeah, he, um, yeah, I think when he came in last summer, his injury record, there was a bit of question about that as well. And people were sort of thinking, ah, oh, if this guy gets injured, you know, if, if his injury record's as bad as it is at Dortmund, then maybe he won't prove to be um, a very good signing. And, and I think he barely got injured at all. Um, last season and you know does an awful lot of work on his fitness and is really sort of forward thinking in terms of sports science and stuff like that so we don't really need to worry about him being injured that often but if he was injured I don't think I'd be that worried either I think Alvarez could step into that role quite quite easily I, I think we could go back to playing with a false nine uh, quite comfortably as well and, and still be a really effective team so um it's not something that keeps you awake, awake at night, really. Harlan being injured is, you know, if, if we're talking about important players, probably Rodri's way more important than him, I would say. And, um, you know, whether Harlan plays or not uh, against Liverpool, I'd expect us to to create a lot of chances as, as we normally do. And I expect Liverpool to defend well and I expect Liverpool to create a lot of chances and it just be hopefully a really exciting end-to-end game, a few goals and uh, hopefully City just off the edge. But it wouldn't surprise me if we saw like a 2-2 draw or something like that, mm. you know, like we've seen in, in recent years where both teams are just such a good match for each other and hopefully it's not one of those boring sort of nil-nils that we've uh, seen in yeah. the, at times as well where it just ends up being a bit uh, a bit attritional and, and both teams are a little bit scared to show the true selves I guess yeah I don't want any nil-nils I don't want any red cards I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't want to see VAR letters like uh, oh God, yeah. involved in it, it, obviously I'm actually completely blanked out the Tottenham game at this point but there it is uh, mm. and um, yeah I mean I'd take a 4-4 that'd be fun but, uh, <laughs> but, but, but I, I'm sure Alisson doesn't want to be conceding for uh, four goals um, but uh, yeah I, I think a score draw is something I can I can definitely envisage I've actually just seen pop up on my phone as here Everton yeah. dropped 10 points wow 10 okay. points yeah and uh, okay interesting and um, 
in terms of your last question, I suppose, the expectations for the rest of the season then, I mean, it sounds quite chilled seeing things as they come and uh, expect the side to be there or thereabouts at the end of the season because that's what that's what this this city side does. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I would love us to win the treble again. I would love us to become the first team to win four consecutive Premier League titles. Oh, yeah. If we do, fantastic. If we don't, honestly, not bothered. Like, yeah. you know, maybe someone's going to have to play pretty well, right? If, exactly. If you yeah. Don't. I, I mean, I keep I keep waiting to be sort of like snapped out of this like happy fugue state that I'm still in from the end of last season, really, <laughs> where something's going to go right. Come on, like get over that now last season's in the past you've got to focus on this season maybe a 5-0 defeat to Liverpool after the international break will do that or something but I don't think it will I think I'm just this season is it's just a bit of a bonus whatever happens really so I have basically no expectations and just uh, hope for the best and enjoy it yeah maybe the disallowed offside like maybe some sort of like offside uh, VAR like call yeah, like maybe, this, or maybe, the, like, to, just to shake you from your uh, your slumber but whatever if, happens United are in a fucking shambles so oh. like that's you know that is enjoyable <laughs> enough in itself it, yes yeah and I, I do have to say um that yeah whilst I've got some friends who are United fans who I like I mean I don't I don't enjoy them being unhappy at all but um yeah the, the fact that they've somehow managed to end up in a place where everyone is on the pitch and off the pitch seeming to be quite unhappy again is yeah, is remarkable. So yep. yeah, long, long, long way to continue, <laughs> as you say. And yeah, just want to thank you again, Dan, for, for coming on. Really appreciate uh, all the insight that you, you offer as well, of course, on, on city, uh, even if it might be painful for the listeners to, to, <laughs> to deal with at times, I think it's, yeah, it's obviously incredible what this side's uh, achieving. So thanks. Thanks again, Dan. My pleasure, and don't worry, we'll be uh, we'll be back in Division Three soon enough when the, when the, the Premier League charges <laughs> yeah, come to yeah, pass. The points, so. Exactly, yeah, yeah. When, it's, yeah, when it's belated, a hundred, however many points deduction. Oh yeah, what's? Yeah. I'm sure the pressure's on now. Actually, we'll, we'll see we'll see how um how those lawyers perform. But it's, indeed, it's, it's going to be uh, intense scrutiny. Um, They're even more important than Rodri to us, though. <laughs> so. yeah, exactly. Just just come into the courtroom with a number six on the back. <laughs> uh, here, here he is. He's the, he's the enforcer. Um, to all the listeners who've obviously been enjoying the, these rival recon pods so far this season, it's obviously been it's fun to get onto a pod uh, ahead of a city game where we can you know discuss it from a, a, a position where we you know we're we're challenging once again and it's, uh, it's hopefully be a competitive game. But there'll be another pod from myself um, ahead of the Fulham game um, on uh, December 3rd. So do uh, do uh, keep your eyes peeled for that. But between now and then, there'll be a, a whole number of uh, pods uh, out on Avila Index Pro. So do do tune into those to see sort of how the side's pacing. Have a look at the Fatigue Index one as well. And yeah, we'll see you ahead of the game against uh, Fulham. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.